Welcome, fellow creasters, those old and new. Sierra here for another tantalizing episode of Sinister Sightings with Donna and Carrie on a Paranormal Chicks. We're so glad you could join us. Now turn off the lights, light a candle, and grab a seat. Your journey into the unknown starts now. I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 207. And y'all just heard an intro. What the hell? We got one. Thank you, Sierra Rose. We hadn't had one of those in a hot freaking minute. And she came in with a bang. A creepy bang, but a bang. Mm Mm-hmm. If you want to do an intro just like Sierra Rose did, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. All right. Jump in right in. Hello, ladies. I am Insert Golden Girl. Okay, let's say it on three. One, two, three. Rose. Sophia. Ah! <laughs> I feel like we do Rose a lot. We probably do. Which is like interesting. Like, why do I never pick Dorothy? Because she's who I am. Probably because you're like, I'm Dorothy. True, true, true. Okay, well, I'm reading, so we're going with Sophia. From Humphrey County, Tennessee. Loretta Lynn's Humphrey County. I'm surprised Donna wasn't like, like Loretta Lynn? (laughs) I'm sure Tiffany was listening to this. It's currently the first week in August, hotter than Satan's taint, which means motocross is happening at Loretta Lynn's ranch. Just in case you don't know what that is, Loretta will host once a year, always, the last week of July to the first weeks of August, motocross races. It brings people in from all over our small town just to compete. We occasionally get a few celebrities, there are concerts, food trucks, and some of the hottest men you've ever seen. But I personally go for the food trucks. Y'all should definitely consider coming one year, if y'all haven't been already. It would be amazing. Jumping subjects. I've written it anonymously before, but the reason I chose to let my location be known will make sense when I tell my story in a minute. A little background. A year ago, August 21st, 2021, our town suffered from a historical flood. We lost 20 beautiful lives that day. Okay, time out. Interrupt this story for uh, breaking news. This story is so weird that we're reading this because one, just like two days ago, we had terrible storms in Mississippi that killed like 25 people. And two, there was a shooting in Tennessee today at a school. And so in my head, I was like, Tennessee, oh, there was that shooting today. And now a natural disaster that happened in Mississippi. And Loretta Lynn passed. I know, I thought that. I was like, oh, and she she passed, huh? Okay, back to the regular program. Absolutely a tragic day for our town. I'm not going into all the details as it's still a fresh wound. Now, a little about myself. Six years ago, after I had my youngest, I ended up with postpartum depression and anxiety. I completely lost myself. I've gotten better over this past year. Well, with all that depression and anxiety, I started suffering from vivid nightmares. Like, horror movies got nothing on me when it comes to nightmares. The plus side to having nightmares is I can control them once I'm made aware it's all fake and nothing can truly hurt me, or so I thought. Dun dun dun. So the other night, I was having a pretty normal dream. I was talking to an ex-friend of mine, apologizing for not reaching out to her after the flood and explaining why I didn't. Side note, I saw she was okay and planned on checking on her, but I had to deal with my traumatized child first. She blocked and deleted me a few days later, so I never got the chance. I got super emotional and was crying in my dream. That's when it all changed. I was standing in an old Victorian house and a little girl came up to me saying, come play with me. 
come play with me. Then someone says, her name is Teresa. She's like Bloody Mary. Play with her. That's when things click and I become conscious that this is all a dream and fake. I look at the little girl and tell her, no, I don't want to play. She grows mad saying, I said, play with me. I again say, no, I'm going to wake up now, which I do wake up in my room in bed next to my snoring husband. Just as I'm about to close my eyes again, I hear, I told you to play with me. My eyes pop open and I see little fingers creep up over the blanket and I start physically feeling tapping on my arm. I began to hear a piano playing and the little girl is tapping on my arm like she's playing a piano. I start freaking out and reaching for my husband and pulling on him. He groans and kind of pats at me to leave him alone. That's when I look over and see the little girl's head pop up over the side of the bed. I yell, fuck this shit, and I wake up for real, gasping for air and patting my chest. I start to have an anxiety attack, which is what my husband must have felt because he immediately woke up, wrapped me in a tight hug, and breathed with me. We spent the next 30 minutes like that, except I had his arms in a death grip, fighting back tears, which led to another attack and him having to deep breathe in me again. Then my alarm starts going off, startling me so bad I covered my mouth so not to scream. Needless to say, I spent the rest of the day jumping at every little noise and fighting back tears. This has never happened before. I never lost control of a dream like that. And then to be in my safe space really has me messed up. What's worse is every time I think about or talk about my nightmare, my arm feels funny and my chest gets tight and starts to hurt. My husband, who is a non-believer, asked me if I think I might have an attachment. I told him, I hope not. What do you ladies think? Keep being amazing and creep it real, Sophia. Well, are you taking medicine for the anxiety and depression? Because I feel like that medicine that I take makes my dreams crazy. Like when I feel like when I was on Prozac is when I had the craziest dreams. Prozac or Zoloft, one of the two. One of those is when uh, the hunchback in Notre Dame chased me down a water slide with my eye. (laughs) Yeah, with one eye. You got my eye. (laughs) No, I had his eye. That's what it was. Yeah, I remember because that was fucking funny. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think it wasn't like an attachment or anything. I think it was just your anxiety manifesting. Yeah, and you like just, I've had a dream within a dream like mm-hmm. that before. I don't like them. Well, it's hard to know like what's real life. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of like Nightmare on Elm Street type yes. of shit. Ugh. Okay, the next one. My experience with a black-eyed kid. What? Hello, I've already shared this story with Donna a while back on Facebook Messenger because I was too shy to send it in, but I'm not as shy anymore. So I'm sending it in. Just please don't use my name. You can call me Bubba. First off, I love you guys. And I listened to a few of the newer ones when I found you, but there were some references and inside jokes made from previous podcasts, so I decided to start back from the very beginning. So I'm referencing the early days of the Black Eyed Kids. I've been terrified of them for years, and when you guys were talking about them so much, it kept re-freaking me out. I would like to preface this saying I had a past experience that has now made me scared to be alone, especially at night. And I had just moved into my first house with my husband the year before, so I was still adjusting and he was working a lot at night. It's a fear I definitely don't have control over at this point in my life yet. We live in the Midwest where it gets dark at 4.45 p.m. every night, and he would usually get home around 9, which left me home about 4 to 5 hours in the dark. With the black-eyed kids fresh on my mind, thanks a lot, Donna, I was home alone and the doorbell rang and it was pitch black. 
Side note, I don't know if you have a ring doorbell, but a little image pops up in the home screen of your phone showing a tiny glimpse of what's at the door. So the doorbell rang and I glimpsed at my phone. When I tell you my heart dropped into my stomach and the heart-filled stomach fell straight through my ass and was lying on the floor when I saw that image, I went, fuck, it's a black-eyed kid. This is happening. I hadn't prepared for this. I thought they came in the middle of the night. What the hell do you do? I'm thinking back to the podcast going, okay, if you don't invite them in, they can't come in. I just won't invite it in. If I don't answer, will it keep coming back until I do? When I tell you I was literally six seconds away from passing out from fear, I'm not exaggerating. With knees about to give out at any second, I picked my heart and stomach off the floor and dragged that shit back up through my asshole, through my intestines, and put them back in place. And I decided to open the video so I could hear what it wanted. I opened the video, and this bitch is yelling, Hello, hello, I'm selling raffle tickets for my school. <laughs> Fucking raffle tickets? Is this a new ploy for the black-eyed kids to get into my door? Me not being able to take a step towards the door without my butthole losing grip of all my insides and still not convinced it wasn't a black-eyed kid, I said through the doorbell, I'm sorry, can you come back another time? Just in case. After I regained consciousness and gathered my thoughts, I recognized him. He comes once or twice a year and is the only kid that has ever come to our door. Yes, I got the raffle tickets and have every time he's come around since. Thank you for the great stories. I absolutely love you guys. I'm from Minnesota, so your accents are like crack. For me, I can't get enough. I also struggle with depression really bad, and you two have been a consistent source of distraction, laughter, and happiness for me. Not because of the sad stories, of course, just your banter. So I don't even know how to begin to thank you. You two are such bright lights on any days that go dark for me and have most definitely saved me some days. I have a video clip saved and will listen to it on the hard days because it absolutely cracks me up every single time. It's when Donna's telling a story and goes, Bubba, in a ghostly voice, and the two of you lose it. <laughs> Episode 76 at 28 minutes, y'all. <laughs> I know exactly what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, too, for continuing to do this, even when life gets hard for you. We all acknowledge your hard work, and we all appreciate it. Lastly, I'm not going to apologize for how long this is, because everyone does, and I always think, don't apologize. I want to hear all the deets. Thank you. I love listening to everyone's stories, so don't apologize. Love, Baba. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you did it exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, y'all! We went back. <laughs> we went back and listened. <laughs> Donna said, that's on a podcast. Why did I do it like that? People can hear that. Oh, my God. Y'all should go back and listen to that shit, because that was funny. Like, you literally did it exactly the same. Oh, my God. Man, that was a laugh we needed. We did. <laughs> okay, and the black eyed kid, I would definitely be like panicking. What <laughs> kid just by themselves? If it ain't Halloween, why are you ringing my doorbell by yourself? <laughs> yes. 
And I'm also the kid. Hello, do you want to buy my raffle tickets? Hello. <laughs> I mean, good for you that you always buy the raffle ticket. <laughs> for my nephew's baseball team, we won. Okay, Colby got to do it. But a goose hunting trip. Yeah. That's how a black-eyed kid could get me. If they had Girl Scout cookies and they came to my door. Well, don't give them ideas. You know they're listening. I actually don't know. Do they listen? <laughs> Are they even real? Unsure. I uh, know. They're real. I mean, not in Bubba's world. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell y'all what, if y'all don't have Girl Scout cookies near you or like you don't want to deal with it, one, you could get them online now, but two, Dollar General has some really good knockoff ones. Yeah, they're not as good because last week we had, well, I guess it was two weeks ago. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We had um, a box of the Caramel Delights, the real Girl Scout cookies, and I may or may not have eaten them all in two sittings and felt bad because Colby got none. So I went to Dollar General for something else. And I was like, oh, let me get these for Colby. And then I may or may not have eaten that whole box in two sittings and Colby got none of those too. But like the real Girl <laughs> Scout cookies were a little more chewy, like mm-hmm. a little softer, but still they both are good. Okay, the next one. Hello, beautiful ladies. I'm so excited to find such an amazing and fun podcast. You two remind me of me and my sister, and I absolutely love you both. I want to send you one of my paranormal stories. There's really nothing completely spooktacular. However, little things have happened to me over the years. I'll just send you all the little things that have happened in my childhood house. My family called me Ray growing up, and even to this day, only family calls me Ray. Most of my friends call me Rach. I was roughly 12 years old, and went to bed early and was probably avoiding doing homework, honestly. I got snuggled into my bed and got my blankets tucked in, etc. I started drifting off and I remember the bed dipped down on both sides of my shoulder as if someone put their hands on either side of me. I heard a male voice whisper, Ray, in my ear. It was raspy and deep. I woke up startled and bolted. At the time, my dad told me it was probably just my uncle since he was named somewhat after his dad and took a special liking to me. Not in the creepy uncle type of liking. That uncle was also a trickster and liked pranks. My dad and I also slept with our feet out of the covers and will feel something tickling our feet. Pretty much a nightly occurrence. When I was 13, I was getting into ghost hunters, not Dybbuk douche, and they introduced the ghost box. That one that's a little radio that scans the wavelengths at a higher rate. Well, that was the year my parents forgot about my birthday and told me, well, since we forgot your birthday, what would you like? And we can order it. So I asked for a ghost box. I got one and we started playing with it. One night, my little brother wanted to rearrange his room. Why at 930 at night? But whatevs, I'm down. I grabbed my ghost box, turned it on, and we started moving the little things. When we got to the bed, I asked him something like, we should move the bed this way. And through the box came a straight no. It was clear as day. Ian and I both looked at each other with the look of, nope, not going that way. That night, we left the bed where it's at and both slept in my room. Another story is that one day I was homesick from school, so it was just me, my mom, and our dog at the time. I remember laying on the couch with my Sprite and crackers while watching Wheel of Fortune, because what else do you watch when you're homesick? Then I heard what sounded like a crash. Mom comes out of the other room asking what that noise was. Our dog was reacting to it also. We stepped outside because it sounded like it was a massive crash outside of our house. Nothing was outside. Not a single car driving by. Nothing out of the loop out there. We went back inside and I headed to the bathroom and in the middle of the hallway was my jewelry box. I know for a 100% fact that my jewelry box was on my dresser. I just looked at it for a minute. 
I picked it up and put it back on my dresser where the spot it sat was empty. Nothing else was disturbed in my room. And my last story is that in our living room in that house, we had this oversized blue recliner that had a Velcro backing so that you had to take it apart or whatever. You just pulled the back part up, did your thing, and then smoothed it back down. I was sitting in the recliner and felt a full hand press against my back. Like someone had lifted the back of the chair and pushed their hand into the back cushion. I could feel the thumb and the fingers, so I knew it was the right hand that did it. However, my siblings who were in the room were sitting on the couch and claimed they didn't do it. None of us heard the classic Velcro rip to get to the back of the cushion, so what was it? No one to this day will claim it. I have stories about my current house that my husband and I have bought. It's a reported haunted house. So far, everything is nice, so that's good. I hope you enjoyed these and that it wasn't too much for my first email. Like I said, I've recently found your podcast. I just made it to April of 2019. I started with episode one, and I'm going to become part of the Creepster family soon. So it'll be a while before I get to where you post this, but I'll be super excited when you read it. Creep It Real, Rachel H. from Kansas. But your parents forgot your birthday? What I mean, what in the 16 candles? Is that it? Yes. Oh my God, I was right. I was about to say that and then I got distracted and then you said it. <laughs> also, can we talk about you and your dad sleeping with your feet outside the covers? No, no, no. That is not what you do. No, my feet have to be inside the covers and socked. That's too much. But sometimes I'll kick one leg out if I'm hot or like my hip and my foot stay in, but my knee's bent outside of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. That demon's going to get you from your knee pit. If you think you can take me? Just kidding. It definitely could. I don't know. Your crevices are so hot, they'd be like, damn, this feels like hell. Never mind. <laughs> I was so cold. I was like, Carrie, put your ass on me. <laughs> and she did. I like put my hand underneath her butt when we were sitting waiting for a table, because that's what we do. And it did warm me up. <laughs> you put it under my arm, too. Yeah. <laughs> She's a radiator. It's true. I I just exude hotness. <laughs> you like if did. you're cold, come sit by me because I will warm you up. Yes. And she loves to sit on people. Like, not on people, but like... Close. Mm-hmm. Like, one of her cheeks is probably resting on my leg. You're not wrong. <laughs> but I'm not mad at it when I'm freezing. Okay, the next one. First, I want to say thank you to you ladies for making this podcast. I can only imagine the hours of work you put into it. The community that you've created for all of us to feel comfortable and welcome is just amazing. I feel like you guys are actually my friends, and sometimes I even refer to you as my friends. I love hearing about your lives, especially about your dogs, as I'm a mobile dog groomer, and sometimes it gets lonely being on the road for up to 12 hours a day but not when I'm listening to you two. Please excuse any spelling or grammar errors. There is a reason I became a dog groomer and not an English major. I have a few stories, so let's get into it. I have recently realized I may be a touch sensitive. When my cousin was pregnant with her second child, I had a dream about a baby in a pink blanket before we knew it was going to be a girl. Then when I actually saw her for the first time, I already knew what she looked like and felt like I knew her already. I didn't think anything of it until it happened again when I had a friend that was expecting and I told my friend that it was going to be a girl and no one believed me until she was born. 
Then again, when my mother's first grandchild was expected, I knew it was a boy, even though everyone else thought it was a girl due to the heart rate and how she was carrying the baby. This hasn't happened for a while as I haven't had anyone that I've been close to that's gotten pregnant. However, during the COVID lockdown, I started feeling very guilty that my grandfather was stuck alone in a nursing home. He was 90 years old and had multiple strokes and was no longer able to walk or take care of himself. When we got the news that he got COVID, it was heartbreaking news to say the least. But his sister had just had it the week before and had beat it, so there was still some hope. He took a turn for the worse, and we were still not allowed to see him. It was really hard for me to accept, and I felt super guilty about not being with him and not seeing him enough before when I could, because things would always get in the way, such as work, boyfriend, and hobbies. The day he passed, my mother didn't tell me because she wanted me to be able to finish my day at work. I was working way into the dark because it was December and I was usually working until 8 or 9 at night. I was feeling a certain way all day and was just feeling like I wasn't alone. At one point throughout the last groom, I was looking out my window of my van because I thought I heard something. All of a sudden, my window morphed into a picture I had seen a hundred times. The view of us backing out of my grandfather's driveway when he was standing there waving at me. I've been taking this as seeing him saying that it was okay, he knew we couldn't be there and that he was understanding that I was growing up and having a busy life. No one else in my family has had any other signs for him or my grandmother. I really miss him all the time. He was the tallest, strongest man I ever knew with a heart of gold, especially when it came to me and my sister, being the youngest two of his nine granddaughters. Thanks again, Abby. Man, I wish we had mobile groomers here. Me too. How far you travel? (laughs) Also, we are your friends. And I mean, I think people know, like grandparents know that when they were our age, they were doing shit and they were busy and all the things. So like, I mean, it's expected. They want you to have your life and live your life. That, that's what I was about to say. I feel like most would rather you be out experiencing life versus that. God, wow, that was very eloquent, Carrie. Not. (laughs) But truly, though, I feel like most grandparents want you to go off and experience life and live it to the fullest because they would say, like, I've lived my life. It's your turn. Okay, the next one. Weird phone incident. Hi, guys. Sophie from Sweden. I love your pod. I thought I would send in a short story for you. I'm not sure if this is paranormal or a ghostly story, but it sure is weird. I was at McDonald's after a hospital visit, called my mom to tell her all was fine and so on. Thereafter, I went to my car and was about to start some music on Spotify when I realized my phone was gone. I went back in, searched my seat, asked the cashier, etc. No phone. Figured it was stolen. Got home, made insurance calls, and found my old spare phone. Life went on for a week. A week and a half. One day, I unlocked my car and had a seat when all of a sudden, my bright orange phone laid perfectly visible on the passenger seat. I had used my car every day and had passengers riding along at times. Short story, but still has me baffled. Proper strange. Thanks for reading. Cheers. Well, I loved that story. Me too. Proper Proper strange. strange. (laughs) I love it. Gosh, why aren't we more proper? I I mean, you are proper strange. (laughs) You're not wrong. Sophie, sounds like you got one of those uh, imps. Oh, yeah. That is strange, but I do that with a remote sometimes. Like, I'm like, no, it was right here. And I'll take off all the covers, all the stuff, because, you know, it's, of course, in my bed. But I cannot find it. Like, look everywhere. And then later that night, it's like in my covers. And I'm like, what the fuck? I literally took all the covers off. 
But this, like, other people were riding with her. Well, but you will sit on stuff and not know it. Okay, yeah, but I'm the exception, not the rule. <laughs> I'm just weird. <laughs> because they could have, like, sat there and, like, pushed it in your seat a little bit, depending on how it is. I don't know. I don't know why, but I was picturing, like, a Motorola, like, razor kind of thing. I don't know. They didn't say what year this was. <laughs> now, also, when I'm on my couch and I will take a nap, uh, the remote goes down in the cushions and one time I could not find it. Like I looked under the thing all the, like everywhere, could not find it, ordered a new one on Amazon. And then I was doing something and like I leaned back further, like reclined further. And I was like, what's that? Oh, that's the remote. So then I had two, but just recently I lost it again. So, <laughs> so I'm down to one again. Jesus, daughter. Okay. The next one, ghost bird slash haunted house. Hey y'all, my name is Marissa and I absolutely love your podcast. I've been meaning to write y'all for a while, so sorry, this is a long one. So about a year ago, I got two parakeet birds, Blueberry and Mango. Mango would chill out on my head. It was his favorite resting spot and Blueberry liked to stay in his cage. They both got sick and died a week after I got them. Oh my gosh. Mango died in my hands from a seizure and Blueberry had to be taken to the vet a few days earlier and died while in their care. They passed only a few hours apart. Well, about a week after their passing, I was doing dishes when I felt something on my head and I had a feeling and knew it was Mango and it was like he was trying to tell me he was okay. I felt happy that he came to visit me one last time. Okay, so here's a little background information for this next encounter. So when I was about five, I lived in this house with my great aunt. The house was known among our family to be haunted. Everyone had at least one encounter in that house from footsteps to figures and even balloons floating around in circles. So when I was about two or three, I told my aunt that I would see a tall and a short man and she asked me if they touched me. I said, no, but they touch you. Keep in mind, I was like three. She told me this story about two years ago and I asked why she didn't leave the house. She told me she didn't even think about it. Okay, so this next encounter happened in the same house. It was around Halloween time and my cousin had a birthday party at the house and she made the theme a haunted house, ironically. Keep in mind, this was a few months after my grandma had passed. So I went through the haunted house and since I was a little kid, I was scared, but there was an old lady rocking in the rocking chair in one of her rooms. Her silhouette had my grandma's hair. I thought it was strange someone would dress like her after she just passed a few months prior. After the party and everything, I asked who was downstairs in the rocking chair in that one room. Everyone looked at each other and asked what I was talking about. They said no one was there and that I probably just imagined it. Okay, last one. This also took place in the same house when I was about two and my brother was three. My aunt was feeding me in my high chair and my brother kept tugging on her clothes and she kept saying one second that she was busy. He finally pointed and he said, who's that? My aunt looked over and saw no one. She thought maybe someone had broken in, so she went to search the house and no one was in the house. She came back upstairs from the basement and saw my brother under the table crying. To this day, we still don't know what he saw. Sorry for such a long email. My aunt has a lot more ghost stories about that house if you'd like to hear those. But for now, creep it real and don't go into that house. See, this is why I don't have little kids, because they say the fucking scariest things. Of course, they want the stories about your aunt's house. Sounds like maybe your grandma came for a last little visit. Mm-hmm. She said, what y'all doing over there? Uh-huh. What game y'all playing? <laughs> and of course, Carrie would be your grandmother rocking in that damn rocking chair. 
You're not wrong. We just got a new restaurant, Jack's, and they have rocking chairs out front. Do they? Yes, they do. And every time I'm like, Carrie would love to be in that rocking chair. I love a rocking chair. Like, it's truly one of my favorite things in life. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm literally rocking in my computer chair right mm-hmm. now. I can't help it. It's like a sensory thing. We wonder why her chair squeaks so much. Okay, the next one. Finally, nanny stories. Hey, y'all. I'm so sorry it's been so long since my last write-in. College really kicked my butt this last semester. But it's time to talk about my nanny. As I've said in my first email, nanny is my mom's older first cousin who was raised with her as a sister, who has been more of a grandparent than my actual grandparents. So technically, she's my second cousin, but I just tell people she's my aunt, cousin, grandma. It's all super confusing, so I stick to nanny. We come from a very spiritual family, both religious and supernatural. Almost every woman on my mom's maternal side has some sort of spiritual gift. I can count up to six members that can actually see ghosts, including my mother. I luckily don't have that. I don't want to see them. However, I do feel things and get premonitions. My nanny either has the strongest gift or is just more vocal to me about it. So not long after I sent in my last sinister sightings, she came over and I asked her to tell me more about the things she sees and feels. Buckle up, ladies. It's going to be a lengthy one. I honestly have no clue where to start, so I apologize if this is all over the place. Nanny has dreams. Dreams that actually happen. I know other people in here have had dreams that came true and wondered if it was coincidence. In my opinion, it was not. Nanny has dreamed about a loved one getting murdered. Two days later, it happened. She dreamed about my brother getting into a wreck, and you guessed it, it happened. She has had countless dreams of different women holding babies who aren't born yet. Not too long after these, someone in our family gets pregnant. Before my Aunt C was pregnant with my youngest cousin, Nanny had dreamed of a little baby girl with light hair. When my baby cousin was born, it took one look from Nanny to know that was the baby she saw. She did the same thing with all of her grandchildren. She recently had a dream of my mom holding a baby. Mom is now too old to have one of her own, so Nan believed it could be a grandchild. When my sister-in-law had my niece a few months back, Nan confirmed that this was not the baby she saw. She says, it's either mine or my sister's, currently popping all the birth control pills. Last semester, I applied to the social work program in my college for a second time. My college has one of the best programs, but it is very hard to get accepted. I had been denied the first time because... I got a 5.5 on my entrance essay and needed a 6 to pass. You can only apply twice, so I have been having constant panic attacks as time inched closer and closer to the due date. Nanny had been praying with me about it and knew how passionate I am about this field. A week before the decision letters were meant to be sent out, I had a dream that me and a friend had saved a family of children from their abusive father and were running from him. All night, I climbed hills and valleys with two toddlers strapped on my back. I told Nan about my dream the next day. She said she watched me and the same friend carry children up a mountain. Crazy. All she said next was, don't worry, you're going to be a social worker. That next week, I got my acceptance letter. I catch Nan staring behind people or looking into corners all of the time. It wasn't until I asked that she told me she sees shadow people. She believes that they aren't harmful, just curious. She can also feel if people are good or bad. If she says she's uncomfortable around someone, I stay away from them. Her daughter, R, is also very in tune with her gifts. She has spirits reveal themselves to her. I won't share her stories until I get permission, but that's definitely going to be a lengthy one too. Anyway, R has told Nanny that spirits are drawn to her. They see her as a beacon of light. 
When she told me that, it made me smile because if you knew her, you'd know that she really is a beacon of light to everyone. She's the most godly, sweet, and loving woman I have ever met. I'm so thankful to have an amazing woman to look up to and ask questions about my own sensitivity. I hope that wasn't too all over the place and made some sense. I promise you won't have to wait as long for my next email. Creep it real, y'all. Madison from Kentucky. Well, I'm a bacon of light to some people. Okay. How, did, you, <laughs> did you sit there and think about that shit the whole time? <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> Just kidding. How do you like your bacon? Crispy. Me too. Well, some, not too crispy, though. Sometimes if it's too crispy, I don't like it. Imagine that. <laughs> I need it. I'm like Goldilocks. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm very critical of food. Yeah, Colby hates that. <laughs> yeah, that is the one thing that I, well, I'm sure one of many, but that is one thing I do that gets on his nerves. <laughs> He's always like, I knew it was going to be something. But you know what, though? I get it from my dad. My dad was the same way. <laughs> and it drove my mom nuts. <laughs> like, well... You know, I mean, we're usually right about it, though. Mm, I don't think so. That's awesome about you being a social worker or that you're going into social work. That's a tough damn job. So thank you for doing it. Tough job. Very little pay and very little praise. And Mm -hmm. it deserves all of it. Yeah. And it's hard, too, because it's a master's level degree. And it's like, so you want social workers to have a master's of education and don't pay them shit. Mm hmm. So it's like, okay, cool. So now they're going to have all this student loan debt and no way to pay it back. Cool, cool. Welcome to America. (laughs) But yeah, you got to be sending in your aunt stories too. We Mm -hmm. want them all. Yes, please, please, please. Okay, last one. Visits or just dreams? Hello, you beautiful, funny, make me laugh out loud ladies. I have a few dreams slash visit stories about my family who have passed on. I'm not a writer by any means, so I hope these make sense. First, a little backstory. I'm the oldest of three kids. I was born in the 70s, as was my younger sister. My brother was born in 1980. We had a hard but surrounded by loved childhood. Now, the rough part. My brother died in 95 at the age of 15 by suicide. My father died in 97 at the age of 52 from a broken heart. He just couldn't survive the death of my brother. He wasted away right before our eyes. He passed away in the middle of the night from a heart attack. My sister died in 2013 at the age of 38 from an accidental prescription drug overdose. And my mom died two and a half years later of the same at the age of 66. Needless to say, I've had my fair share of shock and grief. And then there are the dreams. The first dream or visit I had was about one or two weeks after my dad died. I worked nights and was home during the day taking care of my newborn daughter and infant nephew. I napped when they did. In this dream, I was looking in my bathroom mirror, brushing my hair, and my dad came up behind me and was just standing there. I knew he was dead and shouldn't be there, so I screamed. And then I realized, oh my gosh, my dad was just here. I'm dreaming. I know I'm in a dream. I went running all around the house, still dreaming, but knowing I'm dreaming, calling out, Dad, I'm sorry. I got scared. Where did you go? Come back. Then I woke up. I had this feeling like my body was asleep, but my brain or consciousness actually had this experience with my dad. To me, it felt like he knew he scared me and that wasn't his intent, so he didn't reappear in that dream when I was frantically running around the house calling for him. The second was also of my dad. About a week or so later, again, I was napping in the afternoon. He appeared to me in a dark room sitting in a chair. 
I asked him what he was doing. He replied with, I don't know. I haven't even had my questions yet. He seemed like he was waiting for something that he knew was coming, but didn't know when it would happen. His life review, maybe? I don't know. But that was it. I woke up and had the same feeling like I had actually just had a two-second conversation with my dad. The third dream was the biggest blessing of them all. Again, a few weeks had passed. Up to this point, I hadn't had any dreams with my brother that I remembered. He was in this one, however. Again, I was napping. My brother walked into the bedroom I was sleeping in with the little ones, and I had this overwhelming rush of emotions. I ran up to him and hugged him so hard. I felt him hug me back, but then gently pushed me off him. He looked exactly as I remembered him. He was very tall for his age. 6'2". I remember speaking to him so fast, like faster than normal, warp speed talking. I was telling him I missed him and I loved him. He did say I love you too back to me, but he had this kind of stern look on his face, like he was there for a specific purpose. He walked me over and sat me down on the bed and my dad walked in. I was still talking to my brother, I just don't remember everything that was said. I do remember him interrupting me saying, Jess, you have to listen to what dad has to say. It's about a trilogy. For some reason, I forced myself awake and that was it. They were gone. I know you're going to ask what the trilogy is. Well, I too have been asking this for the past 25 years. What is the fucking trilogy? The only thing I can think of is my paternal grandfather, my dad, and my brother. They were all in spirit together, maybe for a specific reason. And no one else that I loved was going to die anytime soon. I don't even know if that makes sense, but that's all I could come up with. See, before this specific dream, I was terrified that something was going to happen to my baby daughter, who was a preemie, eight weeks early, or to my baby nephew. I would have daily panic attacks and just cry endlessly in my pillow, begging for the little ones to stay safe, healthy, and protected. After that dream slash visit, my fear and panic went away. Just poof. I felt a calmness. I haven't dreamt of my brother or my dad since. Last one. My mom died one day after her father died on April 9th, 2016, the day of my daughter's baby shower. I got the call from my aunt that my grandfather had passed. My mom lived with us, so I went to her bedroom to let her know that her dad was gone and that I was really sorry he passed. His death was not a surprise. He was well into his 80s and was on hospice. Around 1 p.m. the next day, I knocked on my mom's bedroom door. I hadn't seen her come out of her room that morning. My husband did, though. He said he saw her early that morning. Knowing that he had seen her, I didn't think anything was wrong. Her door was locked, but I thought maybe she just wanted alone time to grieve in private. I knocked again, no answer. After the third time, though, I got a really sick feeling in my stomach. I knew she would have at least said, I want to be alone right now. She wouldn't have been silent while I'm continually knocking on her bedroom door, calling out to her. I had my husband unlock and open her door. He said, she's on the floor, call 911. She was not breathing and was cold to the touch. She was gone. It felt like a cruel joke was being played on me by the universe. My brain was like, here we go again. Here comes the shock. Here comes that oh too familiar feeling of overwhelming sadness and grief. I prayed and prayed for a dream visit. For years, every night before I fell asleep, I would say, if anyone wants to come and visit me in my dreams, I'm ready for you, especially you, mom. And then nothing. That is until last year. I should tell you first that my grandmother, my mom's mom, had passed in 2013, two months after my sister died. In this dream, I saw my mom and my grandmother sitting at a picnic table waving at me. They were waving hello. They were together. They looked young, healthy, and happy. 
I waved for them to come closer. I actually said, come closer. My mom just shook her head no and waved once more, smiling at me. Then I woke up. That was all I needed. I felt at peace after that dream. I have yet to have a dream or a visit from my sister. I do hope that someday while in deep slumber, she comes to me for a visit. I would love to have a hug or a simple smile and a wave from her. Gosh, this is a long email. Thank you for your podcast. I love it so much. Even though we haven't met, I feel like you're both kindred spirits. Creep it real, ladies. Jessica. P.S. You can use my name and I just joined your Patreon today. Well, welcome to Patreon. And thank you for supporting us. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for supporting us. And gosh, you've been through a lot. Yes. Holy cow, you have. Like back to back to back. And I hope that by the time we've read this, you have had a visit from your sister. Oh my God, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Also, what's the trilogy? Is it the thing? Was it them being like, like we've got these three generations, like you, you're that generation's cool. Like, yeah. quit, like quit worrying about them. They're going to be fine. Yeah. Or how, you know, they say death comes in threes. Yeah. And even though they were like time apart, but it was still like the trilogy. And so, yeah, you were safe. Your, your kids were safe. That you have to have so much anxiety around everything. Like that would make me so anxious about my family members. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, you have to go to the doctor. You've got a a cough. You better go to the doctor now. You know, like I would be so protective over everyone. Well, hell, we are like that. If you get a phone call or something, you're like, oh, it's my mom. I'm like, what happened? What's going on? Like we always (laughs) are just like ready for the worst. If you call me at a time where you're not supposed to call me, hey, what's wrong? Yes. (laughs) Or like, like my sister Casey knows that if she calls me at a weird time, she literally, I'll say hello and she'll go, hey, everything's okay. Do you know the movie that, you know what I mean? Like she literally will be like, hey, everything's okay. You like immediately assume somebody's in a ditch. Yes. But honestly, I think it's kind of better that way because we like set ourselves up for the heartache and then it's like, oh no, it's just blah, 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 blah. But if you're like, oh my God, Casey's calling me and then it's like something bad, like your heart just falls out of your ass. Yeah, every therapist listening said, no. I know. <laughs> no. Look, this is why I have unresolved trauma. That's not better. Because this is what I tell myself. <laughs> it's not better. Good try. <laughs> it's not. I wish that I got visitations in my dreams from people. Well, you do. It's just Quasimodo. Yeah, but like... I know what you're talking about. Grandparents, dad... Your mom, even, you know, you haven't really, like, you've had, you've seen your mom a couple of times, right? Yeah, and I've seen my dad, but it's not, like, reassuring. It's just, like, they're alive, and the day is normal. And I've had that about my sister, too. Yeah, I haven't had those dreams. Um, Every time I've dreamed about my dad, he dies again. Yeah, that's, whew. But that could just be processing it, you know? Yeah. Who freaking knows? Emotions are weird. Mm-hmm. Emotions are weird. Grief is weird. And hard. You know the only hard thing I like? We know. <laughs> I was going to say crosswords. Gah. You don't do crosswords. <laughs> now, word searches you're really good at. <laughs> oh, also, sorry. This is going back to the other email where she was sick and she said she was watching Wheel of Fortune. When I was sick, I would watch Price is Right. Yes. Wheel of Fortune came on later here. Mm-hmm. But God, Price is Right. I was never right about the price because it didn't make sense to me. <laughs> Well, and hell, who could do that shit now? Mm-mm. Also, Bozo. Oh, uh, my God. Loved that show. I wanted to do those buckets so bad, but you mm. know I would suck at it. Oh, same. Bozo was setting us up for beer pong, though. I mean, really and truly <laughs> was. 
I loved that show and the elephant show. Mm-hmm. Skinnamarinky Dinky Dink. Well, thank y'all so much for sending in these awesome emails. They literally never disappoint. If you want your email read on an episode, send it in to aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and don't get scared.